Yeah. So, uh, Frederic, uh, welcome. To, <laughs> welcome. Uh, you know, people, some people may know or not know that we live like maybe five minute or five to 10 minute walk <laughs> from each other. Five, five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think it really is just a five minute walk. <laughs> But we're, we're, we're doing this this way anyway. <laughs> you know, the, the problem is that my wife doesn't let me out after eight o'clock in the evening. Ah, I see. <laughs> no, no, it's a joke. No, 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 it's not a joke. Come on. <laughs> no, what is not a joke is that she she works at the German Red Cross and she has very strict restrictions. Yeah. Then she said to me, oh, well, if you meet Marcus, uh, you should have masks or you should be distant or... Yeah, so it's, 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 it's all good. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, like now it really fits the same format as uh, all the other conversations I've made <laughs> in this series mm -hmm. of conversations. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you already know how to edit everything. And to yeah, and this is this something you need to know. Like the idea is no editing. No editing. Ah, no so editing. no, no, it's just like I think And it's, it's proof to, like for me, it, proof, it seems to work, like to give people like a real conversation, you know, and I don't mm -hmm. care. Like, even if we would talk for three hours, why not? I mean, we're not going to do that, <laughs> I'm sure, but, uh, <laughs> but it would be, um, it's fine. You know, I, I think, I think there is no, there's no, um, I'm not looking for a huge success with these interviews or these discussions, these conversations. For me, it's more about like sort of, and I think I said that to you when I met you Friday, that um, that it's sort of like also this idea to maybe present a little bit the network, right? So that like, okay, yeah, you know, I first met you in 95, so it's like a very, very long time ago. 95, 1995, yes. Yes, yes. And, and, uh, and now we're neighbors and, uh, and I think you are, You have a really long history of being a, a, a musician and sort of like in you, you played in several bands that I would consider to be kind of like cult, amazing like <laughs> bands. And um, and just tell us a little bit about really your beginnings. I think that that's always interesting for people to see like like how did you get into uh, into making music in the first place and how did you become a professional musician? Well, that um, the, the start is very far away from, from here. I think I was really a kid mm -hmm. because my, my father actually was a violin, violinist, mm -hmm. violin player. He was an architect and a very good amateur violin player. This is what brought me to music actually because we listen home, a lot of classical music and these things. And uh, as soon as I found an instrument, because for me, violin was too loud. <laughs> I was afraid of noise when I was a kid. So violin was too loud when my father was playing. I liked it, but I had to be at the other, the other corner of the room because it was too loud for me. And my grandfather was playing accordion as well. And it was terrible for me because I hated that, really. <laughs> <laughs> but as, as soon as, as I've been able to find an instrument that didn't scare me 
I started to play in it. And I, my, my first uh, memory of making music is when I was maybe seven or something like that in a corridor where there was a woman who um, took care of my brother and I when my parents were away. And there was a corridor. And in this corridor, there is a, a, a piano frame mm -hmm. with strings. Mm -hmm. And I spent, for me now, it seems like hours, but maybe when I was a kid, it was minutes. Mm -hmm. And I remember making music here and discovering improvisation at that time that mm -hmm. I could touch something and it produced a sound that I liked. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if this determined the, the fact that I've been a musician, but it was very important for me to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I really started to make music, it was when I, well, when I was 14, vielleicht, <laughs> maybe. It's <laughs> 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 terrible. It's going to happen, I think, a lot. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And it, it was my the, the moment where my mother bought me my first electric guitar. Mm -hmm. I wasn't playing at all at that moment. And I plugged in inside. Normally, there was two cables to plug in the hi-fi system. Mm -hmm. And I was left alone. And instead of plugging in the hi-fi system, I plugged it in the power source. Oh. In the wall. <laughs> so it exploded, actually. And the guitar was completely black. It was a beautiful red oh. guitar with uh, uh, paillettes. What is that? Uh, sparkling things. Sparkling, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the guitar was completely black. And it never made a sound. <laughs> I think that's an amazing story. I had no idea. You never told me this. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Yes. And I was, after that, what I was doing is that I was uh, taking the guitar in front of a mirror and playing, uh, 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 doing as if I played, listening to songs from the Kings, the Beatles, and things like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what I never did on stage, actually. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what the, the very beginning with guitar, but I was not playing guitar at that time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I actually started when my sister bought a guitar because she wanted to play songs and she, she never really wanted to do what it was, what was needed to play. So the guitar was there on the sofa and then one day I took it and I started to make music with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's how it started, but uh, it was just an instrument. I, after that, I played keyboard, saxophone, drums. I played a lot of things before to really decide to play guitar mm -hmm. and to make it really my instrument. So, that, but that was still in your teens that you started. Yes, like, uh, yeah. I was. No, I was not fourteen when my mother bought me a guitar. I was twelve or something like that. And then mm -hmm. soon after that, I started to play. Mm -hmm. A friend showed me some some chords. And actually, the first concert I ever, the first concert I went was mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was with friends. We, we were hired in a restaurant to play music. And we played songs from 
across pieces, Nash and Young and Beatles and Led Zeppelin and things like that. And then I was 14. You know, like I, I, well, well, we'll get to that. But like I know you as like a very, um, um, let's say, serious musician, like like really deep and uh, with with uh, um, very strong discipline, um, you know, to work and mm -hmm. and and so like you you have a also you have a very very clear and strong vision about what you like and what you'd like to do and how how you'd like to uh, things to sound and uh, things like that and um I, you know it wouldn't surprise me if even back then you already had uh some sort of like very uh strong idea about music is that is that true or what would you say it's difficult for me to say now about that time i don't know if you remember when you were a teenager if you already had this, well, I, I still I, I still I still remember but I'm only 48. <laughs> <laughs> You're true. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I don't know if I really had the this yeah, I knew what I wanted to do and I what I didn't want to. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. some people sometimes hired us to uh with my little band i had this woman uh, to play things that we don't we didn't like and even if some of my friends wanted to do it i never wanted mm -hmm. the the thing in my whole life that is very important is that i never did and i will never do something that i don't like mm -hmm. if someone wants me to play in some thing some musical project or things like that i first of all i ask to see what is to play and to hear if there is something already recorded if i don't like it i will say no whatever the price is that was at least the thing that was the basis of my work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is concrete actually yeah. yes things that yeah. i want to do things that i don't want to do and it it's it can communicate between both. It's something that I don't want to do at one period of my life. I can want it to, to do it another moment. Yes. But at some moment, I don't really don't want to do such things like when I was, uh, for example, teenager or young adult, it was not possible for me to play Rolling Stones. I never wanted to play the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. Then after that, I learned to discover a little bit more and that's all but i never played it mm -hmm. yeah it's fascinating because there there had there there was sort of like uh like you could say some, some part of you that had a very clear taste for a specific you know like i i mean i i i kind of i kind of uh i would say i'm I don't want to say I'm similar, but I sort of understand that, you know, if you have enough confidence, right, to mm -hmm. say no, you know, that, you know, something like that can kind of like really start at a young age. For, yeah. for me, for me, it was, um, I, I, you know, I didn't, I, I, 
wasn't in a cover band, you know. So, like for example, so I was never in the situation where I had to uh, choose. You've never been in a cover band. Not really. I mean, like for oh, the yeah. uh, for for the uh, Abitur, you know, like I had mm -hmm. to. Uh, I was in a. We played like a Lenny Kravitz song or and and uh, Nirvana or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And I did that, but that was like the only time I ever played played a cover, you know. So. Yeah. So so how did your did your um, just like you have a you also have a very very good or let's say I think you have a great technique but it's also like really a, um, a very particular technique I find like with a lot of a lot of focus on tone a lot of focus on tone like really 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 thick um, very present you know like it's it's um, to me one of the like a great musical moment with you when we uh played with merlin that one time and you plucked the guitar oh, yes, into the amp and and, yeah. and there was like and you said it was really like it was really something else that power and and um so as a do you remember when there was like sort of like the revelation about um discipline and practicing with the instrument was that something that was with you from the beginning or how did that grow no that was not actually when I when I started, I was not disciplined. I was not disciplined in school mm -hmm. for my studies. Mm -hmm. I I stopped uh, going to school in, when I was uh, sixteen or fifteen. And I said to my mother, "I will. I want to to work and to have money to buy instruments and to play music only." That was a decision I made long before the abitur. Yeah. The end of studies. studies. So uh, I started to make music very soon. And uh, actually, I was not disciplined at that moment. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. only doing what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. and sometimes it was just taking a classical guitar and play John Dowland, or sometimes it was uh, trying to, to, to pick up a solo from Jimmy Page or uh, Richie Blackmore, or things mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. uh, with a, with a turntable. You know, I was with a, the arm of the turntable, just just here, and grab the note, and then another note, and wow. doing like that. So it was uh, this way that I was uh, practicing, and actually, I always loved distorted guitar. Mm -hmm. So the first, the very first time I, I had the occasion to have a distorted guitar, because at the beginning I, I, I thought that the distorted, distorted guitar was a special guitar. I see. Mm -hmm. What you have one guitar and then you play and it's distorted all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then once I had a, a little um, tape recorder like that with a microphone. And uh, I was uh, trying to record my acoustic guitar like that. And I, the microphone fell into my guitar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I played. And that was the sound. <laughs> Completely distorted. And I played like that for hours, I remember. And my mother was banging at the door to tell me to stop. <laughs> And this is what the sound I was longing for. Mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. Very hard and distorted sound. But I, I don't always 
play now with that kind of sound because after that I discovered this sound uh, in, in Robert Fripp music in King Crimson. This very long, because what I always missed in the guitar was long sounds. This is yeah. why I learned flute, saxophone, organ. I remember that I, I used distortion after that on organ to have very, very distorted and long notes. And then once I discovered uh, the first album of King Crimson that I bought was Earthbound, the black one. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I didn't believe it was guitar at the beginning. I thought it was a keyboard. It was like me, distortion, mm -hmm. organ. Mm -hmm. And then I learned it was guitar. I said, this is the kind of sound that I want. This is the sound that I want with my guitar. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly the moment where I chose guitar. Because before that, I was playing drums and other and keyboards and other instruments. Mm -hmm. This is this moment where I chose guitar. So in some way, yes, I had a kind of virtual sound in my head. But I didn't know it was that. I discovered it in the process, let's say. Yes, that's very interesting um, because I think for me, um, because it was a few years later, like the the it was more more available in the culture to kind of like yes. know what the you know what that is the distorted guitar. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you didn't have to discover that. You no, no, had no. Types of sounds and you could choose between them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you choose something completely different, right? Yes, then later on, yeah, but um, yeah, for me, it was like, it was always something that I, you know, the technology had been around long enough, I guess, to be just something that was just in the air and you knew. And also, like, I remember, like, the, the first um, distortion device that I used was the, in, the microphone input of my tape, uh, tape on my stereo system at home. So I plugged into... Yeah, to overload, and you could, you know, and I overloaded the input of the of the tape deck, and uh, it sounded it sounded awesome. good, it sounded very good. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> um, so, when did you start your your first um, own band that played your compositions? My fir the first band which played my compositions was Shylock. Okay. Mm -hmm. With Shylock, we uh, for the first thing we did is that we started to play Pink Floyd together, just to set, put things in their place, because we have we must remember that we were very young. I was I was eighteen. Mm -hmm. The keyboard player Didier was seventeen. And the drummer was uh, 16 and he had only a few months drums. He played drums since only maybe three months or four months at that time. Oh, wow. So we started very young. So we, he started very young. And we, uh, at the beginning, we started to play Pink Floyd. I don't remember which one. I, I think it was Echoes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we played also Genesis. We played uh, a musical box. Mm -hmm. And then we started with an idea that I had before to meet them. 
and uh, we play. We we started to compose our first piece, and it was the first because we, you know, you, well, maybe you don't know, but with Shylock, we named our songs with numbers. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first album we made started with the fourth, the quatrième, because mm -hmm. the first, the second, and the third was not were not. Uh, how to say that? Presentable. We're not uh, presentable. Proper to yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I was singing actually. It was a bad, bad idea. <laughs> so yes, and this is the first band we, we, in which I start really started to compose. I composed before, but only for me and. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, so. I know that, like for the more recent uh, young albums, you uh, sometimes you compose everything, right? Like every single detail down to the drum drum parts and everything. Yes. So, yes. so with Shylock at the beginning there, uh, how how uh, how was that? Like, was there more freedom for the other musicians to come up with oh, parts? Yes. Or? Yes. Yes. It, it was really collective composition. I see. Mm -hmm. It was really that, and uh, we were very different uh, kind of people. The, the, the keyboard player was a, a classical trained musician. He was almost listening only to classical music, very few rock stuff. The drummer was a little bit more in jazz, but a lot, uh, a f big fan of Magma, mm -hmm. French Magma band. Mm -hmm. And well, I, I was a little bit, my tastes were a little bit wider, let's say. I liked rock music, folk, things, progressive rock, that moment that I discovered. But we were all very strong personalities. And uh, so most of the songs were a little bit like fights. We mm -hmm. had to really put our skills in front to say, okay, this is what I want and this is what I want. So we have to compromise between stuff. And the result actually is, I like, I like what we did. Mm -hmm. I like what, what we did. And then uh, in the end, it became too, too difficult to work because um, the tastes were more and more disparate. You know? Oh, okay. So you only released two albums, is that true? Yes, we composed three albums, mm -hmm. but we released only two. Mm -hmm. And we made some, um, let's say, unreleased stuff. And recently we arranged what was some pieces from unreleased things and we put them together to make one, one piece, mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. six, six or seven minutes piece. And uh, just, it's the kind of uh, uh, constriction of our third album, let's say. Yes. And so with, um, so the, the group also kind of like broke up after the second album, and then there were some reunions later, or how, how did it go after Shylock? Well, uh, Shylock disbanded because we, uh, Again, something that I didn't want to do. We, we have signed with CBS at that moment mm -hmm. after, for, for the second album. Actually, we, uh, we self-produced the first one, mm -hmm. which was 
very rare at that time, we collect money to, mm -hmm. to really make our first album, to produce everything. And we made it in, in two different studios and then mix that. And then I, I remember cutting tapes from the two different masterings, two different mm -hmm. masterings, mm -hmm. cutting tapes and bring them together. And in the album, you feel the difference. The sound is completely different suddenly. <laughs> because one was good at that moment, one another was good at that moment. And then I just, stick to both <laughs> something incredible to think about now but and uh that was for the first album mm. and then cbs bought us the production so they gave us they gave us money so mm. that was nice because we could uh buy a truck for touring we could buy a, 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 a mixing desk and things for tours and uh, we released the second album with CBS. Do you remember how how CBS uh, learned about Shylock and how how did they did you yes. send demos or? <laughs> no, actually, no. It was really a very funny thing. I, I don't know if I ever no, I, I, told no, you that. I... Um, we were in the south of France, so we were in Nice, and uh, there was a, a radio station. Who made a TV show in the in the south of France, in Monte Carlo, Monaco, close to this? Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been invited here because we made this album, and it was astonishing for people that a young band make an album by himself, by itself, mm -hmm. without mm -hmm. label or things. So they invited us, and by a complete. Uh, uh, random hazard chance there was the director of cbs france uh -huh. same night uh -huh. and we were there with uh, our manager at the moment we played the album mm -hmm. and the, the the woman who was talking and asking questions said to the manager so what do you do with a band like that uh -huh. And the, our manager went after to see him and to make fix a, a, a meeting in Paris. Oh. Then he went there and he signed. Wow. <laughs> That's it's really biz something biz that bizarre, bizarre. now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really a strange mixing of uh, events. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was very funny the way the way it uh, occurred. But then the third album didn't happen because you didn't like what they wanted from you. And yes, they said <laughs> after the second one already, the second one was the limit. They said mm -hmm. no more numbers because mm -hmm. all the songs were, were numbers. Uh, you should give names, so we gave names. Mm -hmm. We had two very strong strong pieces and we didn't have enough so we had to go in studio it was in, Gen in geneva not genova in switzerland geneva. yeah yeah it was very uh, also a strange uh, circumstance because we went in the studio that has the the last sound engineer from yes mm -hmm. 
And we met there Patrick Moraz, Patrick Moraz, who was the, the keyboard in Relayer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we we jammed together, mm -hmm. and he decided to make the radio the radio uh, 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 single for the band from the band to CBS. Mm -hmm. That was a very nice thing that that happens to to us. And actually, CBS was really pressing us. It, it was wonderful conditions because we have been in the studio for one month in a wonderful hotel close to the lake of Geneva. Um, and we were we was working we were working only by night. And uh, the thing is that CBS was always saying yes, more music, make more of it. Uh, make improvisation, make a lot of things like that. It was incredible. You want us to, to improvise? Yes, okay, <laughs> we would do it. <laughs> so this is why there are so many improvisations in the album, because there are really two songs. Mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. rest is improvised. Actually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, well, I, I was very happy about that, because it's very, it was very rare at that moment to have total improvisation in albums, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing is, after that, the CBS spent a lot of money for our recording. And uh, there was also our, uh, the staff in CBS came in the auto and they stayed there for one week with, uh, on our budget. Yeah. They spent mm -hmm. a lot of money. And then mm -hmm. after that, CBS, CBS has not enough money for promotion. They right. did it, but not enough, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. So for the third album, they said, we want it to be sung. Yeah. We want a singer. Mm -hmm. And I've been uh, uh, elected the main composer because mm -hmm. I was the one who composed the most easily, let's say, uh, at that moment. And uh, so you are the main composer. So there was uh, already problems with the others at that moment, with the ego, you know, the ego. We were young, still young. We were 23. It's not the wonderful age for that. So there were so many conflicts. We composed pieces, and uh, but I was not happy with them. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we, we made a demo. We went to see CBS and they say, no, it's not enough. There are too many chords here. There are too many strange things. We wanted to be like another band in France that was at that moment kind of rock band mm -hmm. uh, that I hated. You mm -hmm. have to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's stop it here. Yeah. Yeah. This is how it happens. And that's, that's what you said or everybody in the band? I, uh, the, the keyboard and I said that, mainly. The mm -hmm. bass player and the drummers wanted to, to go this way. We could, have, we, we could have done it. If we were a little bit more mature, mm -hmm. we could have made a music that was kind of compromised between our deeper inspirations and what the label wanted to be, yeah. to sell. So, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. we weren't at that moment, so it was not possible. We didn't know how to do to do such a thing. So it was it was going against what I thought and may, what, what I still think what must 
was my personal evolution in music. So we decided to stop that. Okay, and and so it was not not a not a problem for the for the deal with the label. Was there any? Were you no, just no, allowed to just allowed to leave or? Yes, because they said if you don't, yes, because they didn't give gave us they didn't give us money like ah, didn't okay. advance. Mm -hmm, so okay. they they said to us if you want to make it sim more simpler, it's okay. If you don't want, we stop. So I stay. Mm -hmm. I say we stop. So it was a common uh, agreement. With them. Yeah. So it was not a, a problem, and we were not the kind to to ask for money as an advance at that moment, we didn't want that. Yes, yes. So it was not a problem. So the, it, the sorry. No, it, it, it made it, uh, and what is nice that it made it fresh when we came back together later in 2012, the music was still there intact, let's say, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when we came back to it. Which were, so you, would not have been the case in, in the other situation. Yeah, but that, that is a long, long time, right? Like 30 years, like from the disbanding more that, to more even. Uh, wow. Yes, yes, 30 years be, before we uh, went together again. Yes, 33 yes. to be. Yeah. Wow, wow, <laughs> that's incredible. That's incredible. Hey, and you said like the, the written pieces, they were like very challenging because you guys were kind of like you said, it was almost like a flight, like who was bringing in, I don't know, something more complicated or mm -hmm. <laughs> more, more difficult to play. And, and um, so, so you must have been already practicing uh, back then. Or was, or, or was it like, I was, yeah. you, you were, okay, yeah. okay. Okay. Yes, because it was important for me to be able to play what I... I the thing is, I always heard music. Mm -hmm. I always had music in my head, so I wanted to be reliable for that. So I didn't want my finger not to be able to play what I, what I could hear. So this is why I, I, I started to practice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the beginning, because I... I wanted my finger to obey what I heard. And um, something about the band, we were not actually fighting about the one that would make the most complicated stuff, but it was more about inspiration, I would say. Really something that we, uh, we wanted to be and we didn't want all of us the uh, same thing. Sometimes, mm -hmm. yes. And mm -hmm. what uh, appears in Shylock to be the best moments are the moments where we were completely all in the process of mm -hmm. creating. Mm -hmm. I remember being the three of us, the three main pieces of, of Shylock, behind the keyboard composing things, all the three of us playing with six hands on the keyboard. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's sort of like an, an ideal almost like the ideal for writing, you know, like if you can do it with a group. Yes, that's actually, it's something that I really would like to find now, mm -hmm. find back. Yes. Also people with whom I could start to work and 
to really advance in the same with the same energy, which would mm. be possible, I think. I think it's possible at the moment we have the same energy at the moment we create. And of course, I'm no more a teenager, I'm no more young adult, so I have the experience uh, now to be able to, uh, how to say, to blend with other ideas and things and to bring mine into it without fighting. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, this I, is I something I'm longing for now. Yeah, you know, I, I completely agree. And I see like the, the, the biggest obstacle really is once you become a professional in music, uh, it's so hard, difficult to, to find the, you know, the, the rehearsal time, right? Let's just, you know, just to be in the studio together for a week or three weeks with, with a few people, you know, like that, that, uh, that doesn't happen so easily anymore, you know? Yeah. And especially, especially if you're living in a, in a city, right? Like we're in Berlin or you were in Paris before. And like, it's, it's, it's much harder. Like if you have to, say you have to travel on the metro for uh, 90 minutes to get to the rehearsal space and stuff like that, you know, and, um, yes. and so like the, you know, being, uh, you know, in your youth, being uh, in the south of France, um, probably, I don't know, what, do you remember where your, uh, your rehearsal room was? With yes, Shylock? it was, it, yes, with Shylock, we, we released in a, it was a small village in the mountains, and we had the church as the rehearsal room. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's the church that, that is on the, our first album. Oh, yeah, that's the church. Uh, that's the place. Oh, wow. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And um, I remember that people, when we rehearsed there, it was during the night, mm -hmm. and people were believing that we, we were making black, black masses, you know, in the... <laughs> because <laughs> we play very dissonant stuff, a lot of improvisation and things, and the people in the village would say, wow, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and like, you know, like the, the when I met you in 95, um, I learned about you and I didn't know about Shylock then. It was... Um, uh, but I had already heard about the Philharmonie uh, stuff that you did, and I had a couple albums, maybe which I I think I got them maybe in or '93 or something like. Uh, uh, Nord is the one that I had first, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 so um, so between the breakup or the disbanding of Shylock and Philharmonie, there was also like almost 10, 10 years or more, right? Yes, yeah, it was, we stopped with Shylock in 79 mm -hmm. and we started with Philharmony in uh, 80, well, it was eight years, 87, 88. I see, okay, okay. So what did you do in those years? Children. <laughs> <laughs> Only that. Well, children, and you told me that you were practicing in front of your children. Right? Yes, yeah, 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 of course, <laughs> of course, <laughs> because I, I was, <laughs> I, I, I studied actually one of my, of my, uh, how to say that, phobia, or, or uh, I was very afraid of losing my hands, 
So um, I don't know why, but I was afraid of that. So my goal at that moment was to be able to compose music without any instruments or everything in my head. Yeah. So I could write it, I could sing it, I could write what I, what I heard. So I spent uh, four years learning harmony, counterpoint, and composition in a conservatory. Mainly these four years and practicing yeah. classical guitar. Which conservatory was it? Nice Conservatory. In Nice, okay. Yes, mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. in Nice. Did, did you have good and good teachers? I was I had a very good harmony teacher, mm -hmm. a very bad composition teacher. Okay. Because he, he didn't understand at all what I wanted in music, and he was, let's say, kind of what I say. A ministerial musician. He was made playing the music that was uh, in the air at that time in new music, I say, in contemporary classical stuff, mm -hmm. uh, serial stuff, and all this music. And I was a little bit, I came with a little bit of ingenuity with that and say, okay, I am already a composer. Mm -hmm. I am already a composer. I compose music. What I want to do is to organize it. So yeah. teach me to organize music, mm -hmm. to compose it for orchestra and for... So I was doing that in the same, but the man was not able to really teach me that. So the main teacher that I had was, had was my harmony teacher, harmony mm -hmm. and counterpoint. Mm -hmm. So he made me do a lot of things with fugue and uh, analysis and all this kind of, uh, of stuff. So I, it was really intense at that moment. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And after six years, I was able, four years of learning and two years of digesting everything I've learned and uh, to be able to write music. Okay, so just because I'm, I'm curious and I really want to understand, so did you start studying at the conservatory while you were still working with uh, Shylock? No. It was after? It was after. It was after the, the birth of my, uh, yes, my daughter in uh, 84. Uh -huh. I went into the conservatory to learn music and to be able to do music without instruments and to compose yeah. for orchestra and... Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty special to say, like, uh, because you were already, <laughs> even though we were still in your early 20s properly or mid-20s, right? Like uh, what um, to to then kind of like say okay I'm going to go to uh, a conservatory it's uh, it's it's I think it's probably a lot of for a lot of people it wouldn't be an easy step to do that you know but so did you did yes, you have uh, did you have any other like education or was like so the Shylock made you a professional musician and then you were that after school. Or did you did you have any other? Um... At that moment, in when I was young, in the small class, not small classes, but when I start the secondary classes in uh, uh, in France in the south, there was still good music teachers at that moment. Yes, yeah, and yeah. I was very fond of the music class, so I was I had always the best notes there, mm -hmm. and I learned almost all of my music and 
uh, my music theory mm-hmm. in the classes here mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. with these people, which is not at all the case now in France. They are not learning music at all now, no more. Yeah, yeah. I know that in Germany they are. I see. I saw that with my students when they come and told me about subdominant, parallel, uh, mm-hmm. tonica, parallel, and all this. Wow, you know that? Wow, that's great. You learn music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, this is, yes. So my basis was at school. Then after that, I was already able to write Shylock's music because we had to, to give it to the Sassem at that moment when we made this. So I was writing more or less correctly. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to really learn how to do that properly. And to be able to write for other musicians as well. Yeah. And so um, when, did, when did teaching come into your life? When did you start? teaching other guitarists or other musicians that's it's it was funny again it was by a different track mm-hmm. but i came that when when with shylock we decided to to uh, for, we we had to do the what is the military thing you know uh, we decided to do that all together so it will not make us stop for a too long time And when I went there, I, the only way to be quiet in the army and not to uh, shoot at things or it was mm-hmm. to be, uh, um, uh, how, to, how is the name, driver, teacher, driving teacher. Ah, ah, yeah. So I, 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 was, I had my, uh, my uh, uh, what is this? What is the, 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 the authorization to drive? The license. The license. Barshine? Hmm? License. License. License, yes. The driving license. I had it one week before to go to the, to the army. Mm-hmm. And then they say, okay, you, you're a teacher. Car teacher. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. discovered that I, I love to, to make people do something, to help people to, to be able to do something. And I learned a lot about driving by teaching the others to drive. So when I went out of there, I had no other choice than to teach. <laughs> so that's, that's really fascinating, Frederic, because I, I wasn't aware that, I mean, we've only, we're not, not very deep into your life yet, but it seems like you, you, were, you were kind of like always a musician, right? It's the there, impression I have, yes. So there was there, and there was no moment in your life where you uh, had to do something completely different, right? Yes, the only moment was when I when I left school. So I had to earn money because my mother said to me, "Okay, if you don't want to go to school, you have to work mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you need to earn money." So. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to buy a good guitar and good mm-hmm. amp and things, so I started to work. That. I was working during the night at the post, actually, in France, and I worked there four years to be okay. able to buy me things. Mm-hmm. So it was from it was during the the beginning of Shylock, actually. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. was between 70, I started in 72 and I stopped in 76 to work mm -hmm. during the nights. Mm -hmm. And uh, I made Shylock in between. And when I came back from the military, from the army, I started to, to teach. Wow. In 78, 78, 80. And so that, that was basically since then you have been teaching almost nonstop. Yeah. You've yeah. had students. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I never stopped teaching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I, well, I, I like that. In my, yeah. Well, this is something I, I really want, want to talk uh, to you about. Um, I'll ask anyway, even if it's uh, a big question, but if you look back at just let's just let's just say Frederick the teacher, the music teacher, or guitar. Let's see, me even be more specific, the guitar teacher. Um, in, is there is there like a particular development or anything like there that that if, if you look back that is kind of interesting? I mean, what, were there specific moments where you where you had uh, realizations where you had insights about the you know the the pedagogical yeah. kind of uh because i, I you know like I, the way that you teach seems to be um uh, on on well you can say that better but seems to be like very practical on one hand but at the mm -hmm. same time also you know like you're trying to to go deep into the the fringe of uh things perception right? maybe yeah yes yeah actually what when I started, it was really, really funny because I, I wasn't really able to teach. I just wanted to teach people. Mm -hmm. so I start with kids in the in the building. Mm -hmm. I put some uh, some ad advertisements in shops around my mm -hmm. building, and so kids were in the building. They knew me. They okay. I want to learn guitar. So was basically this is how to make an E major, this is how to make a D major, and then let's learn a song with E major and D major. That was okay. almost that. At the very beginning, it was that. Mm -hmm. Then I learned myself because students were asking me questions uh, and I wanted to answer them. So I started again to learn a little bit more about theory. I bought books and things. So I, I've been able to teach more and more precisely and with more coherence, let's say. Mm -hmm. So if we start with chords, we have to start with how is a chord made? And then mm -hmm. how is it made on the guitar? And then how to play a song and then how to play rhythm. Mm -hmm. So that this is the this was the first step. Yeah. And then it came, I had more and more skilled students there was a point where I said I stopped to teach children because there was something with children that I didn't really realize at the beginning is that children are in a school learning process. They have to. Yeah. They mm -hmm. don't want to. Mm -hmm. their, their parents say you will learn guitar and well, there is something about that that the, the, the trigger of me stopping to teach children is that once I had a very, very talented uh, young girl, she was eight years old. She was playing fingers very, uh, very good and uh, e very good ear. 
and after a few weeks she started composing stuff mm -hmm. showing me what she composed and i was amazed it was incredible okay then let's go further and then she started to work less and less and once i said to her oh you didn't work and then she, she started to weep mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh what what is it what is happening uh, i don't want to play guitar i don't want to do it what i want to do is theater and uh, i don't want to play guitar so i directly went to i called the father mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. parents, but I found the mm -hmm. father. Uh, I'm sorry, but your daughter doesn't want anymore to play guitar. Mm -hmm. And he told me, but I want her to play guitar. Mm -hmm. I say, okay, go find another teacher. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it was, it was really the trigger for that, mm -hmm. because I realized that I was teaching people, because children are people. Yeah. I was teaching... But, people who didn't really want or didn't really know what, why they were there. Yes. And I say, I want people to be invested in the moment, to be here with me when they learn. I don't want someone to know that he has to do such a thing or uh, that it's in the process of learning, like in school or things. And I said, stop, I don't want that anymore. Problem. I met the father and the daughter one month after in the street and the father thanked me he said i'm sorry you were totally right now she's making theater and uh, the, the girl was so happy and uh, <laughs> it was great for me so that's the next step when i stopped teaching children and here things started to be a little bit more serious because i only had adults and I had also young adults who wanted to be musicians. So I have I started to have a big responsibility. Mm -hmm. Then I learned again more, more to be able to teach them everything that they could need. So how, how did you choose your students then from then on? So it was was the the age or just no the commitment. Commitment. Only commitment. Okay. Okay. I, I wanted that I wanted to meet them and to know why they wanted to do music, to make music, mm -hmm. and what they was they were interested in. I, I didn't care about them wanting to be professional musicians or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, one one example I had was a young uh, young girl, but she was seventeen because my the age was seventeen for the girls and twenty eighteen twenty for the boys to start with me, mm -hmm. and. Uh, she was 17 uh, and she said, uh, I, I really love music, but what the, I want to learn only one thing, the Beatles. Mm -hmm. So if you think you can learn me guitar through the Beatles, it would be wonderful. So mm -hmm. it was a challenge for me. It was really nice mm -hmm. to learn, to, to teach her all the chords and the things through mm -hmm. the Beatles, the music of the Beatles that I always loved, actually. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it it was not the fact that someone wanted to be a professional musician. It was not. It was simply the fact that the the, the person was was present in the moment. They really wanted to do that. And when we were together, we were in a complete uh, process of uh, uh, making things real in music. Maybe. 
And so that that is a big step um, going from teaching children to then going to the other side where people really have to commit and uh, yes. and to have to be committed. And you know, like I'm so so glad that I asked you this question about the development in your teaching because I did not expect this, and it did, you know, did not expect you to say this about uh, uh, music education for children. But I I completely agree. I really do completely agree. And and I, I I'm starting to wonder, like. Um, what kind of the alternative is for children, right? So like, like how, how can children discover that they want music lessons, right? Like, because that in a way, maybe, maybe parents have to try, you know? Yes, you're right. You're right. And this is what is wonderful because people who can do that exist. And I'm married with one of her, one of them. Mm -hmm. she, mm -hmm. Cecile, my wife, had now she she decided to stop teaching, mm -hmm. but um, until now she was teaching only children, oh. mm -hmm. only children, and because she really was able to understand them and to feel the same things than them, mm -hmm. to feel the pressure of the parents, to feel the pressure of the music of the theory of the things they have to learn so the, she was she has been able to to bring them with her within a kind of play thing and mm -hmm. they are playing to play music mm -hmm. they're playing at playing music and mm -hmm. uh, this is how she made the children discover music and she has now children that are now more than more than teenagers, they are young adults and they are in bands and they play music. Mm -hmm. Because she was able to bring them to music. And this mm -hmm. is something I was not able to do, mm -hmm. bring children to music, because I was mm -hmm. too far from them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wanted things to be done. You see, as a teacher, you have to do that. And then when the children start to cry because he didn't or because he is afraid or I don't know, that's terrible. That's not what I what I want to do. Mm -hmm. This is why I stopped. But it never happened with Cecil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you teach children? Or no, it's not possible. Not 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 not, not any not anymore. No. But when I, when I was young, I did. Like when I was mm -hmm. like maybe not even twenty, I had a couple or three or four children that I was teaching and. I, I don't know. I don't know if I, if it was, if I was any good for them. I really don't know. It was, mm -hmm. uh, um, like, like my, my whole thing about music is like the experience of it, right? So to really listen. So, so for me, it was not about, uh, it was piano lessons. So I didn't, I didn't uh, want to make them necessarily play a, a read a piece of music or something like that. It was mm -hmm. more about, trying intervals and like you know improvising and just just mm -hmm. trying trying out how how the notes relate to each other and using the sustain pedal and so more about the experiencing um of yes, it which and is better for children yes. yes and and i guess like i don't know if 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 they 
kind of caught caught fire, let's say, and and kind of followed followed music after that. But I thought that was like sort of what I could do, so at least to try to um, um, get them to experience the beauty of um, of music. You know, the, like like the music that you can make yourself. Like not talking about uh, you know listening to music, which is something completely different, like the yeah. passive passive consumption of music, right? Yeah. So no, but right now I think like I I sort of have special kind of specialized in uh, adults. Yes. Um, and also also people are that are older than me, which um, which sort of is is interesting, right? Like because. You know, I would like from my background, I would always go to the older teacher, you know, because I would say, okay, like this person has more lifetime on this planet, right? And yeah. so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but it's, I, you know, I, what I find so interesting is there's that there's this, um, like, you, you know, your Cecilia wife, she does music therapy, right? And, mm-hmm. and so, so music, music therapy, I think there's always, a little bit of music therapy in music lessons in music teaching. Yes, yes, but but it's dangerous to uh, uh, dangerous in some uh, 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 healing way mm-hmm. to think as teaching as music therapy. Even if mm-hmm. you need sometimes a little bit of music therapy for teaching, mm-hmm. it is never. It must never because she learned that in the school where she went. It's mm-hmm. never uh, uh, learning. It's never learning music. It's coexisting with music and making music a vector for, for things. Mostly. Yes, yes, yes. So of course, when you teach, you learn people to use music as a vector, but it's not mm-hmm. the aim, let's say. Mm-hmm. And it cannot be through pedagogy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what she learned and... Uh, that the big difference they say to her, it, it is, of course, there is, you're right, there is always music therapy in teaching, mm-hmm. but you must never aim therapy as you teach. No, 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 of course not. It's, as you say, it's like a vector is a good, vector is a good uh, name for it. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like you're creating materials that can be, that can be used as therapeutic Materials. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you know somehow somehow that is um, um, I think that's that's sort of like really something. It's sort of like a bonus for mm. what that music kind of like brings into our lives, right? That it is yes. that it 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 is also some sort of uh, real material that you can do something with. So it's yes. you know there there is something something beyond just the 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 the, the mere enjoyment or the, the 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 physical part of playing right yeah it is definitely something you can rely on actually music is something you can rely on at any mm-hmm. moment in mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. it can be uh, therapeutic or or not actually you when music is strong in in person if it this person is a player or a listener. It's really something that you can rely on at any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's always here. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
so what, what, what kind of students do you have at the moment? What's the, like the range of... Uh, oh, I'm very happy with the students I have now because yeah. it's really interesting because we go deep into music. Some of them want to be uh, professionals, some want even to be music teachers, and some are, are just playing for pleasure, but with a real consciousness of what they're doing. And it's wonderful to go beyond uh, theory, beyond practice, beyond all these things, just to tell people to try to go with the movement of the music, to feel things deeply inside. Just before my, my last lesson today was a Skype lesson with someone in Luxembourg, and uh, the girl was struggling with rhythm, with a metronome. And I said to her, okay, you are looking at the metronome all the time, but stop, stop looking at it. Listen to the rhythm and just let you, uh, 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 how to say, carry by the music and by the, the rhythm that you do with the metronome. And you will see that you will catch the metronome at that time. Mm -hmm. And she has been able to do it. And that's very interesting to see that people are have enough uh, uh, trust in you to let them go to do something. And this yes. is one of the most beautiful things you can do as a teacher. And one of the most beautiful moments you live as a teacher is when mm -hmm. you, you see the students in, uh, suddenly in contact with real music. Mm -hmm. You know, with sometimes you see the eyes uh, starting to be a little bit wet of the person because she's uh, 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 observing herself playing things that she likes. It's mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best moment. <laughs> yes. And I have a lot of these people in Berlin, also because I teach a lot less than before. Mm -hmm. When I was in France or Paris, because life is easier here. Uh, you're, you can be poor, but not miserable. So mm. I'm happy with what I have, so I can give less lessons and rely a little bit more on my royalties or rights or things about music. And so I'm the mix with both. I don't teach more than 12 hours in a week. Yeah, yeah. And through that, it's wonderful because you can really choose your students and, uh, and uh, choose them not for skills, as I said. I don't want to choose people because they are good or because, because it's easy. I mm -hmm. choose them because I feel that they have something that is strong that pushes them to make music. And of course, it's somehow easier because it's so much fun to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So going, going back to, to Philharmonie. Um, yes. Which, which started as uh, just a purely a guitar group. Is that correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, we were five guitarists. That's, it's a sound that I had in, in head. Mm -hmm. When I, I was at the end of the conservatory with a lot of classical music, a lot with a lot of strings and uh, exams with strings, because it was a wonderful chance we had in Nice that each year you could, you could compose a piece that what was played by the Philharmonic Orchestra of Nice. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
So it was a wonderful occasion. Of course, it was very difficult because the Philharmonic musicians were very, huh, this young composer here, it's, well, I can't read that. What is written here? This is mm. not possible. Mm. So you have to face these kind of things, but it's a wonderful opportunity. Mm. So I, I was a little bit full of all this pedantic, uh, uh, serious kind of thing. So I wanted to make uh, an electric guitar band to hear the sound of the electric guitar and to hear a very special kind of sound. Mm -hmm. So I started to, to ask friends. I had, I had one student that was, he was very good and he had a friend and I heard what they made together. And I had two other friends and I said, okay, let's make a band, five piece. And we started to uh, to play just to start to do something. We started to I, I made a version of the, uh, the winter from the Four Seasons from Vivaldi, mm -hmm. a version for five electric guitars. Mm -hmm. And we started to play that. Mm -hmm. We never performed it. It was really funny. I think I have a, I have a tape somewhere with it, but mm -hmm. I don't know where it is. <laughs> and uh, we started with that. And then we started to improvise. And also, like Shylock, it was collective composition. It was very important for me at the time. But again, here I was really the more skilled. Mm -hmm. So this is why I took a little bit the lead of the thing. Besides the fact to, to create the band, I had an idea of the sound and I was very fast as composing. So I didn't want to compose everything, of course, far from there. But I used to say, that is good, that is not. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it started to be a little bit like that. So there was a lot less conflicts because we were more adults, let's say. And uh, we really had in common this vision of the, of the guitar with a clean sound at that moment, at the beginning at least. Clean sound, very sunny, icy sound, very, a lot of harmonics and flageolet, mm -hmm. things like that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. This is why we, we made the Elephant Bell Ringer, the, the second album we made. It was like bells. That's mm -hmm. the, the kind of sound I had in mind. Mm -hmm. And we started with that and it was basically built on improvisation. So it was collective composition and improvisation. And then we sorted out everything that was working and what was not working and things like that. So Philharmony was more like that at the beginning. And we started with five, then we were four and we played our first concert at four. Then one of the guys didn't like what he did at this concert and was he was actually too, um, he felt too much, too much stress with mm -hmm. performing on stage. So he said, mm -hmm. no, I don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Then the, the, the first album we made was at three, three electric guitar. It was Beausoleil and it was a live one. Mm -hmm. Then after that, we, um, uh, I contacted Chinei from, Chinei from Records in USA because I, I've heard about a friend who was talking about that to me and 
say, well, the music is nice, what they produce. So I get in, get, get in touch with him, Steve Feigenbaum in Geneva. Mm-hmm. And he, well, he liked what he heard, so he said, okay, let's do the next one. It was the Elephant Beringer, mm-hmm. the second one, also with three guitars only. With the trio, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And North actually was uh, composed as a trio, mostly. Mm-hmm. But we met this drummer because we wanted to make a rock band, besides Philharmonie, mm-hmm. a rock band with a singer. Mm-hmm. And as it happened, I've never met a, until I was in Berlin. I've never been able to find a good singer, a singer that suits to what I wanted to to do. And um, so the singer was not good. So the drummer was very good. So the drummer has been integrated to Florida. That is how it happens for Nord. And uh, Bernard was uh, playing stick. So he went no, from, was, from guitar. It's to... the first album where he played stick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and Bernard Bernard was was also in the in the trio and in the in the quartet and quintet. Yes, he was before. at the very beginning. He okay. was one of the, of the first five. And uh, Laurent was also. Uh, there was no change in the guitarists with the mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not any change. Only some people went away. Mm-hmm. Then there was only, uh, yes, Le Dernier Mot, The Last Word, Laurent was gone. Uh, only Bernard, me, and Volodia, the drummer. Okay. Yeah. It's the only one, we, we, we were only two guitarists, and Bernard was playing touch guitar again, war guitar. In that yes. And, and, and the drummer there was uh, Volodia, you said? Volodia, yes. Ah, Volodia yeah, yeah, okay, I see now. Last one. Yeah, now, now, I, I, now I, because now I remember the cover. Yes, it's, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he has hairs. Yes. Hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, Jean-Louis was the, the first drummer, and, he, and it was perfect for, for North because he was a very light mm-hmm. jazz, soft jazz drummer. Mm-hmm. And it was really perfect for that because it was not intrusive as drums, as we wanted something just to to, to make colors with the guitars mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. So we, a, a lot of people um, uh, uh, was very were very critical with that at that moment because they said, "Now you're a band like the others. Before mm-hmm. that, you were original because only three guitars, and now you mm-hmm. have a drummer." And with mm. someone playing touch guitar or like a bass, it's mm. a well, it's a kind of rock band. You don't know how this guy could think. This guy could think it was a rock band, it wasn't, but mm-hmm. it was, uh, has been really uh, not well received at that moment when we had mm-hmm. the drama. Mm-hmm. But we didn't care. It was what we wanted, and it was perfect like that. And when Vorodia came, for uh, it was just after uh, Rage because at that moment we were the three guitarists and uh, Jean Louis and the drummer. And then, just after the album, Jean Louis left. So, when Volodia came, we started to work on that album to play it. And then I had the accident, and then we had to stop everything for one year. 
Uh, so the last word was after your accident? Yes. Oh, I, I, okay. You, you know, because like the uh, uh, Philharmonie uh, albums in the guitar craft community back then, they were sort of like uh, an example of, um, let's just say, like you, because you said that before, of real music. Uh, played with with you know within like a, a style which was sort of like rel relative to a relative to the style that uh, guitar craft was working mm -hmm. with a little bit right so so it was um it was a huge revelation for me also because i really didn't like much of the music uh in guitar craft you know and then me uh, neither <laughs> yeah yeah and then and then uh, philharmonie was really like a like a revelation and i listened i listened i really listened to uh nord a lot yeah so yes no nord is really one of my favorites also yeah and it was very nice because with Ceci, my wife we went uh two years ago or three years ago i don't remember we went, we rent a car and we went in the north of Germany where we played because it was actually inspired by the north of Germany and Denmark, this album. This is why we call that North. Mm -hmm. And this is maybe why you like it also because you're not from the north of Germany. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it, and we, uh, we've been listening to this album when we were, at, uh, we went in Rugen uh, Insel, you know? Yeah. Rügen, 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 yeah, Rügen. Rügen. yeah, and we were there with a with a gray weather, a little bit of rain, and listening to Nord, and I said to Cecile, "That's exactly the mood we are in now." Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was really nice. I really loved that moment where it fits exactly to what inspired mm -hmm. it. So now, now tell us about the accident. Yeah, you well, can it make was, it. You can make it quick if you want. <laughs> yes, it, it's quick. It, I had a, a big accident where I had a little car and a, a truck in front of me lost control and hit me in front. So I was stuck on my wheel and my left hand stayed on the wheel and the, the arm went through the wheel. Mm -hmm. So I had the, the hand pulled off, actually. It was only uh, uh, re retained by the skin and two tendons. Wow. So I had uh, actually one, two, three. The first surgery was, and something, if uh, there are some musicians listening to us, uh, if you have an accident and you're conscious and you have a big thing, say you're a music, musician that's the first thing i said because i was conscious and i said i'm a musician I, we have to save my hand and i i was holding my hand like that mm -hmm. and um the doctor after one week at the hospital told me you've been you've been right to say that because mm -hmm. it was very easy to cut yes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and two years ago that's what we would have done Mm. So it was oh. a big chance that I could be saved with that. My hand could be saved with that. But I had, yes, a lot of surgeries during uh, two years, two years maybe, surgeries and surgeries. Mm -hmm. 
and and the the nerves were kind of like intact enough to uh, for everything to kind of like come back, or do you still feel no some no not everything came back. You mm -hmm. see, when I with my right hand I can do that, with my left I can't. I see. Mm -hmm. I have not the nerves to put the fingers here back. Oh, so when wow. I'm on the guitar, it's perfect because. I can. Mm -hmm. The only thing is that I, I have no sensation at the, the very on the, on the pinky. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I have to really look where I go when I have to go in the high notes because mm -hmm. I don't feel the fret when I'm here. Wow. But that's the only thing. And I have a lot of difficulty to play barre, bar, bar chords. But that's all. Well, let, me, let me tell you a little bit of a funny story related, related to your accident, really. Um, yeah. So everybody, like like the people that knew you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they uh, all admired your playing. It's it's uh, true, <laughs> and I was one of them. But then I, you know, when I heard from somebody that you had an, the accident, and uh, I, I don't remember if this was like at the same time, but then somebody told me, like you were now playing left-handed. <laughs> so so uh, as if you know, like. Like everybody was assuming, like you are so, so good. It doesn't matter. Like if, if one hand is injured, you you simply. <laughs> that, that was that was my first idea, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the, the surgeon told me you cannot play guitar anymore after the first surgery. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I will put my my pick in this hand and I will start to learn this way because I was already doing that when I was teaching, when I had someone. Uh, who didn't play at all, I had to, to play left to have the sensation that he had oh, to be mm -hmm. able to teach him. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, okay, so I feel it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I, I would have been able to do that if there was no solution on that side. Mm -hmm. But there was, actually I was already practicing in the hospital with my guitar. I was already practicing with the you know the metal things outside yeah with the guitar like that to mm -hmm. move my fingers as as i could and something very funny that happened to me and i'm sure that it helped a lot because one of my nerve was completely off mm -hmm. and the surgeon said to me i i don't know what to do with that because it's so special nerves to, to, to deal with. And uh, for s several months, I was dreaming at least once or twice a week that I played. Uh -huh. And I am sure that the dream of me playing, as I was saying before, made the nerve make the new connections. Mm -hmm. yes. I'm almost sure of that because the surgeon couldn't believe it when at the, the end, he started to go to the nerve and said, well, it's already, uh, there are al already ramifications. Already connect back, connecting back together, right? Yes. And uh -oh. I'm sure it was that. So I had a big, big chance, actually. Well, so a better chance would have been not to have the accident, of course. But uh, in this accident, I had a big chance already to say, that I was a musician, not, not to be unconscious, because mm -hmm. I don't know what could have happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that, to be able to recover, it's, it was 
but it was so important actually when something something is so uh, uh, vital vital mm -hmm. there is no question there is no how actually yeah you know uh, Frederick I, I again I think that you know like um, it's it's it really is a sign of your willpower you know like you, because I I you know I'm not sure how I would be Look, I think I would I think I would be more inclined to give up you know so I don't know well, I, I, I luckily I've not been in the situation, but you mm. know, it's uh, it's such an extreme story, like really, like so. Yes, your hand yes. was, you know, it's and and just for you to recover to an extent where you not only did you basically like relearn everything, but you also managed to go further. Yeah, that yeah. that was yeah. I that was I I told myself. It must be an opportunity to go further. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was important as well because I wanted to be uh, uh, to make to make something efficient, effective. Yes. In, uh, yes. yes. Improvement. So, so would you say that it was like a complete relearning, or no? Uh, no it was not. No, no, because I, I was thinking. For example, one of my exercises when I could not play at all was to make a, a kind of mental transcription of a piece from Bach, for example, how would I play that on the guitar? So I was uh, uh, thinking with my arms like that, I was thinking of my fingers on the guitar to play this note, I have to play it here, and this one to play. Uh, fortunately, I had enough skill already to be able mm -hmm. to do that. So mm -hmm. I was, I never stopped practicing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was already there and so as soon as the doctor said okay you can bring the guitar here i have a, a room i was alone here i stayed two months in the three months in the hospital and i so i had my guitar i had also the computer because i had at that moment a big chance because i couldn't teach so a festival of um, contemporary music asked me um, the ministry of the culture uh, uh, support me to make a, a piece for orchestra. So I was uh, composing at that time and playing guitar for three months and nothing else, or, or making movements in the. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, just because I'm so curious, was that so you already knew Cecile then? It was exactly the moment where I I met her. Oh. Just before the accident, it, it was funny because I think it was a, a mix of circumstances. And yes, I wanted to compose a, a, a piece after that, that the name was Collisions. Mm -hmm. uh, that things that happen in life, in your life, that make your life stop. And that is what happened actually with my previous life. I met Cecile and I had the accident. Mm -hmm. Almost simultaneously. Crazy. No? So the life is your life. What you thought was your life stop here, stops here, and now you have to start something. So which which year was was the accident? 
It was in 1996. Uh, 96, so a year after I first met you there in Costa uh, Yes, it was. And after, actually, uh, after we met, mm -hmm. I met Cecilia. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that, well, not, not even one year after I had the accident. And this is, yes, it was my old life, and it was, a, it was so complicated in my head at that moment. I was also making a therapy and then moments to understand what was happening to me. Mm -hmm. Why I was in love with this young woman mm -hmm. because I had a family and I didn't understand. I loved my family and everything was okay. Mm -hmm. But something was really pushing me off. And then the accident happened as I was going back from Cecile to my house. I see. So I never went back to my house. Oh, that's intense. Yeah. Yeah, very really, intense. Really intense. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you have something that is so, you know, these little things with snow inside and you move it and you mm -hmm. have everything in a mix, that was my life at that moment. So uh, playing guitar was, music was there. It was reliable. It was the thing that made me center. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. And then, then, then to, to kind of like sort of complete the, the history of Philharmonie, you did the, the Last Word album. Yeah. After that, yeah. after that, so that was like the, your first your first recording after the accident. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The very first one, and I was not yet completely uh, recovering. It was. Still, I still had because after that I had all the surgeries again because mm -hmm. I, as I was I wanted to make concerts, so I was practicing a lot. Then, as I was practicing once, I have two tendons that broke in the wrist. I was practicing before a concert and two tendons broke. Wow. So the hand was like that. I had only two fingers up. <laughs> wow. And I had to go to the surgeon and okay, again for six months or things. So it, this was a, a long process actually until I was really able to normally play. So mm -hmm. Not normally because I, I don't play like the others. When I show chords to my students, I say to them, don't use my position. My position is wrong, but I can't make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so really then the, the third big um, band, let's say, of, you know, part of your career was Young, which then started in the early 90s, correct? The Young. Uh, in the early 2000s, Shylock. I mean. Yeah. No, 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 no. First was, first was Shylock. Ah, yes. First and then, Shylock, Philharmonie, and then, and then Young. Young. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. 2002, it started, yes. Yeah. And so Young is also almost, it's also almost 20 years with, with Young now. Oh, yes, yes. It is almost 20 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, young and, is, a, is, yeah, is a little bit different because I am the only composer. No, the, the bass player composes sometimes one song in an album, but not more. Mm -hmm. And actually we do it together. 
we co-compose one song, but mostly I am the composer, so I'm entirely responsible for the music. And uh, well, I like it, it's okay, because it's my music, but uh, I, I would like them to compose a little bit more. But as uh, I started with Philharmony to be a little bit more skilled than the others, now I wouldn't say I'm more skilled, but I'm faster. So mm -hmm. they just rely on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they are and all very good composers. What they do, but they don't compose with me actually. Yes. No, I I think that you know this. There's nothing wrong with um, having a project where you are or like you are the main composer. I think it's. It's actually it's kind of like an opportunity also, right? You know, you can see, you can try, you can try what happens if I decide everything. Because yes. I, I think it's important. And um, like a big part of my in career was I dedicated to making collaborations with other people. And I always enjoyed that a lot. And I also uh, always enjoyed the results because they were sort of like um, mostly like I was thinking like bigger than what I could do on my own, right? So like more perspectives in the in the in the piece of yeah, work, right? And so, um, so but then when I realized when I did the uh, my Tod Morden five thirteen, the first version, the original version, yeah. which um, um, I realized like okay, so this is a piece where where everything is a hundred percent the way I wanted to be, and there was no compromise, no compromise at all and then suddenly i was getting uh, good reviews and mm -hmm. and i was th at that point i was thinking ah maybe maybe i should sometimes make all the decisions mm -hmm. you know it was like yes, and it's yeah, of course, yeah. and it's only it was only 10 years ago that i realized that you know maybe mm -hmm. maybe i should um also consider that collaboration is not necessarily better or bigger than what I would do on my own. And uh, mm -hmm. so because I the young albums, I, I, I really like them very much. They sort of like in a in one way, a little bit of a continuation of Philharmonie in one way, I say, but then also not at all. So yeah, but that's what I also the impression I had because Philharmonie uh, end, ended a little bit more like a rock band, more rocky stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Young started, it was that kind of sound, but more incisive than I wanted. Mm -hmm. But actually, I already composed uh, pieces of my own in Philharmony. Uh, for example, Rondo Argentin, Argentine mm -hmm. Rondo mm -hmm. is one of them. Mm -hmm. And the song Philharmony is one of them. The, funny with the song Philharmony, which was in um, the FM Derringers, that I dreamed it. Mm -hmm. I had it. I dreamed about guitar playing one note each of them and turning like that. And uh, and, and I went to my desk and wrote it. Wow. Half of it. Mm -hmm. So this is this this one was also one of my compositions. Mm -hmm. It worked well. It started here, but of course um, I knew that I could compose alone, but. I really had fun 
composing with others, I suppose like you do when you when you play with others, when you, when you collaborate, to have this movement, this groove coming to all of us and feeling the moment where we are all going in the same direction. That's really a wonderful feeling that mm -hmm. I that I don't have anymore now. I wish to have again, mm -hmm. but it's not at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so tell us a little bit more about Young. So that what was was there when you started it more of a different concept in place when you started, or did it just develop into what it became? Oh, it was completely different uh, because I, I uh, used at, at that moment when before to start Young, I was making a lot of improvisation session sessions in Nice. Uh, I used to have a, a in one place it was kind of musical bar music club uh, where I was invited once every two week two weeks and I choose musicians professional musicians in the area and I put them on stage without rehearsal without anything even without to know each other uh, the, the, the rule was not to rehearse before so everyone was going on stage and trying to make something work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was very funny. And I met a lot of different musicians here. Mm -hmm. And I met the bass player I chose for Young here. At the beginning, we were just a trio. Volodia on drums, Stéphane Bertrand on bass, and I was playing guitar. So I started to play, to work on that. And one of the first pieces, it was a solo piece. It was um, the two words that are in the first, that is in the first album. Mm -hmm was basically a solo piece and uh, I started to play that and with loops and things and it was boring. Actually, I was, I didn't want to play loops uh, mm -hmm. and to, uh, to have to take care of machines and things. So I asked one of my students to come with us, Julien Vecchier, and we made the first album this way, mm -hmm. starting with, with that. And then the same thing when we started to have concerts, two of them gave up. They was too stressed. Uh -huh. So I had at the very last moment, uh, it was really funny because Nico Gomez, the bass player, was living in London at that moment, just before, and he had problem with taxes in, uh, in Great Britain. So he had to come back in France. <laughs> And then he just came back at that moment and I said, Nico, because I knew him already, I told him at the beginning, I told him uh, in the beginning of bass, but completely awful actually, but he remembered that, it was funny. And then I said, Nico, uh, would you like to play bass uh, with me? Oh yes, and I had another student that I lost contact for a moment, it, it was Laurent, mm -hmm. and uh, he said, yeah, of course, uh, great. He was terribly stressed because we had two months to uh, rehearse the whole, uh, whole album to go on stage. Mm -hmm. And I remember Laurent before the first concert, I was searching for him. We were <laughs> about to go on stage and he was in the car playing his parts. <laughs> oh, come, I'm not ready, come. And then from here we stayed the same, mm -hmm. the same band. 
But the thing is, I, I, then I left to, for Paris. I was already living in Paris at that moment. So it was, we were far from each other. It was difficult to rehearse. So it took a lot of time to make the second album and a lot of time to make the third one with which you collaborated. Mm -hmm. And uh, and now I wanted to make the, the next one very soon after that, and then came our pandemia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we have to wait because the drummer cannot record his parts. In France, there is still a very early lockdown, and so we cannot go to his place and work on, the, on, on it. And he had a lot of problems because he was teaching in school and mm -hmm. the school has to close. Mm -hmm. so it was terrible for him. Mm -hmm. But now it's, it, it goes better. So I, I have good hope that we can do something before the end of uh, 20. Of the year, yeah, yeah, great. You know, I, I, now I just remembered that I think it was Machines. Uh, it was the album I bought. Um, yeah. The young album that I bought from from Steve at some point. Yeah, yeah. She the second one. Yes, yes, yeah, the second one. Yeah, yeah, uh, in incredible. Like I think, like we spoke over two hours, uh, or almost, almost oh, two almost, hours, yes. almost, almost two hours. <laughs> um, I think, like, what we should do, we should kind of like maybe talk again at some point and like yes uh, i think because there's so much there's so much there's so much more uh and but like for me it was sort of like like personally but also i think like in the in the this this series of conversations it, it was important to introduce your history because i think it's i think it's so cool and and uh just the fact that then, then we we found out that we you know, live so close, uh, you know. Uh, it's, it's nice also because we know each other, but we rarely talk about this. Yes, place. yes, yes. You know, I, I prefer to um, to have you cook for us, you know. And have, uh... <laughs> next, next time it is going to be about cooking. Yeah, you know, exactly. But no, but but seriously, I really hope that very soon we can we can meet again and uh, spend time together, really. Yes, yes, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Cecilia is going to be uh, to be vaccinated uh, tomorrow, actually. Oh, great, great. So I, I have first injection. I have my appointment in two weeks. Oh, that's great. I couldn't yes. have one yet. Yeah, it's it's strange because I, I got a I got a letter that I can have one. So I don't know why. Why the? I don't. Why I don't. Do I have, I have one. I'm older. Yeah, than you. yeah. I know it. It doesn't make sense, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna take it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, so um, yeah. you know, um, so it was very nice to talk with you because we yes. don't have the occasion to talk so much now. Even if we have, a, we are at five minutes. We meet in the street, but it's not the right place, of course. Yes. Yes. So I will. Um, I hope that some people will check out your playing and you're you're posting these uh, on YouTube some videos of your playing and you're occasionally doing a live stream on Facebook and uh, so. Uh, yes, sometimes yes. Yes. It's really oh. when I feel it actually. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, just just maybe to, to, to the very last thing is, so you're currently working on a solo album, right? And you've completed the recordings? Yes, the recording is, com is completed. And the thing is, I don't want to release it uh, with a... Actually, I started to ask to Steve in Cuneiform and he said, no, well, it's a solo stuff. I don't want to to struggle with the solo stuff, with the solo mm -hmm. guitar stuff. And he's right, actually. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it's not even a jazz or progressive music album. Mm -hmm. It is kind of classical stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm more trying to sell that or to sell. It's mm -hmm. difficult to say that because it's not really selling, but to propose it to classical music labels. Mm -hmm. at the moment mm -hmm. for the moment nobody reacted <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, well who knows and if it doesn't work i will release it myself and try to follow this uh, commercial network the classical music a little bit yes. more than the progressive one because i'm almost sure that no nah, we, we can't know but solo guitar without fx because it's mostly without fx Mm -hmm. uh, the only one that with a little bit of distortion and one small loop a drone at a moment is uh twist and turns that you you listen to mm -hmm. when i played it for the first time it's the only one with distortion all the others are with a little bit of delay but it's clear in sound yes yeah so uh, i'm sure it, i'm not sure it's gonna please progressive music listeners but who knows of course i will propose it to everyone so can you can you just uh, can you still play the pieces now for the album yes. or you can play them all still I, I play them because one of my challenge in for for the covid period is that i, I didn't play a lot in solo because uh when i played in solo i played with loops and machines and i was sick of that actually mm -hmm. i was more stressed with the, the fear that a machine is going to to let me uh, mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. or uh, so I said okay I, I want to play clean stuff and all my clean stuff are very difficult so mm -hmm. I was afraid to play it in stage mm -hmm. and one of my hope one of my zeal my aim is to finish this period and being able to play all my most difficult stuff in front of an audience this is what I'm working on, and this is how I did for the solo album. I tried to play it, really to play it, not too many uh, uh, editing or things like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I did, of course, because mm -hmm. if you want it to be really proper, you have to, but uh, the, the minimum. So this is my real goal, is to be able to take this album and play it on stage. Okay, great. I have I have an idea. Bye. I will I will I will tell you after the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like, um, let's let's stop here for now, and uh, I'll okay. I'll call I'll call you soon, or we'll send message. Great. Okay. Great. Yeah. 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 Me as well. So bye bye for now. Bye bye. <laughs> ciao ciao. Ciao.